This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing tool that helps you automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Welcome to the Signals Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on this journey of innovation through our Demand Gen Summit, Fall of 2023. Today, we are diving deep into the world of demand generation, broadening our understandings of the connections that define our digital age. Throughout this series, we will navigate breakthroughs, chat with experts, and provide a front row seat to the experiences shared at the Demand Gen Summit. For this episode, our speaker, Mark Killens, CEO and co-founder of TAC, will discuss seven ways to take back control of your go-to-market and get revenue growing. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the summit. Excited to have a conversation with you over the next 25 minutes about exactly that. Going to give you seven different ways you can think about changing up maybe some of the things you're doing right now as you go into 2024. And it's all about how to create more efficient revenue. I mean, and that's what we all want to do these days, right? Um, but do it in a people first way. So I'm going to share my slides and we can dive into it. Love to have any questions or comments come through the chat. I'm trying my best to monitor that as well. And let me pull up the slides and go into presentation mode. Like Charity said, I'm the CEO and co-founder of TAC. Um, I have a 15-year MarTech, sales tech, revenue tech uh, background. I was at HubSpot for about nine years. Um, I was at Drift for about three and a half years. And I was most recently the CMO at a company called Airmeet doing webinar and event technology. And I've co-founded this company with my partner, Nick Bennett. And we want to share with you today, Nick and I, even though Nick's not with us today, um, right now live, but uh, he and I put together these these kind of ideas over the last six to nine months, because we feel that businesses need a different way, not just a new way, but a different way to go to market. We feel like a lot of businesses that we speak with need to, to kind of tack into a new direction, uh, turn how they think about their go to market, how they think about both acquiring and retaining their customers. And we built this idea of people first go to market um, to, to help. And the actual thing we'll talk about, and hopefully you'll learn a lot about today, are these seven different growth motions, growth strategies that you could apply. And I bet many of you are using some of them right now. You might just not know it. And, and hopefully you leave with a better understanding of how to take all seven of these different growth strategies and use them together. To kick it off, though, Maybe today doesn't feel quite like this. Uh, for a lot of us, it probably doesn't. But when I was, you know, starting off um, post the Great Recession, starting off, and I joined HubSpot in 2010 to say 2020, you know, the seas were pretty calm. Um, there wasn't a ton of craziness, at least when it came to B2B go to market. There was a lot of opportunity. There was a lot of new channels. There was a lot of um, exciting growth. Uh, a lot of innovative technology, but nothing like super disruptive, right? The, the big disruption came. Uh, back when the you know kind of mobile phone you know came out, um, which then led to the iPhone creation, which then led to this this massive shift in how we communicate and, and how we create, um, and and moving more of our lives into the digital world. But then, as we all know, something kind of changed at the end of that decade, and we've been feeling this change uh, quite acutely. In fact, I had my first child three weeks before the the United States. It was actually when Italy was going into lockdown. Um, so just about, you know, what was that two months into 2020 had my first child and that's when the seas started to change, I think. And specifically, you know, Nick and I and others, we looked across the last say three or so years and we feel like there's been a massive shift in how 
companies, B2B companies especially, need to think about acquiring their customers because the C's are a little bit more challenging. There's more headwind than ever before. The old ways you can see on the left is more about going to market from what we call a company first mindset. A lot of lot more brand spam these days. Uh, it was really focused on quantity of leads. It's about capturing demand. Hey, I could use this channel, do this thing, get this ad, bring them to my website, capture the demand. It felt a lot more transactional and a lot of companies did it on their own. But because of these kind of five forces, we all have to change. Uh, there's been an explosion of content that's been growing steadily since you know 2005, 2010. But now because everyone is a creator, right? Everyone can create. There's more content than ever before, not just coming from B2B businesses, but from every place online. More saturation of channels then because more people can create and there's just less new channels. I mean, TikTok is probably the newest, biggest channel that we've been able to use over the last, you could argue 10 years almost, right? I think Instagram was, you know, 2012, even before 2012. So less channels means more, uh, means higher costs, less ROI typically. Cookieless future, I mean, it's getting harder and harder to track software-based attribution. Um, we've heard of self-reported attribution. As a quick aside, I'm very bullish on intent-based attribution, um, but it's it's harder and harder to track uh, what's going on in terms of the buying journey and customer journey. The connection crisis because of COVID, uh, the AI explosion that happened in less than 12 months ago. I mean, it's just insane, right? And then specifically coming out of uh, probably number four, the connection crisis, there's another thing I'll mention in just a moment that is really creating a headwind right now, right? Creating pretty turbulent seas. Um, so we fundamentally think that there's a new way and I'm going to explain the new way over the next 20 minutes and leave you with those seven different ideas that you can take and hopefully apply to your job or to your go-to-market um, or as you think about kind of your annual planning uh, that you're doing probably right now. So that sixth headwind that I was just alluding to is this. I mean, this chart doesn't lie, right? During those calm seas of 2010 to 2020, it was pretty much free money. I mean, there was a blimp in like 2016, 17, maybe into 18, where interest rates start to tick back up a little bit. But it's, you know, we all know it's dramatic. It's a dramatic, dramatic change. And that's created a lot of pressure, a lot of turbulence. Um, and along with that, um, like I was saying, everyone has the ability to create content. Um, there's more competition than ever before for our attention, our eyeballs. Take a look at this. This is a super interesting chart. Um, explodingtopics.com. Great website if you haven't you know, heard about it before. But this is just showing the amount of data that is generated globally each year and the projection for the next few years. And look at the uh, the, the vertical y-axis. This is in zettabytes. I'm not even sure how many zeros are in a zettabyte, but it's got to be a ton. And it's just exponentially growing. So Data is going to be a great thing. Um, it's going to help us have creative breakthroughs, find cures for diseases, hopefully help solve a lot of the humanity um, problems that humanity is facing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm very bullish on all that. It is also creating a major you know, headwind when it comes to trying to get someone's attention digitally. Um, what's also, though, interesting, if you look at this from the other point of view, not data, but people, this is the population growth over the last... 75 years or so, projecting out to 2100. So it's grown a lot, right? From 1950, just over 2 billion to today, we're you know at about 8 billion. It's going to keep growing a little bit, but then it's almost plateauing at just about 10 billion. And it almost starts to decline then a little bit. 
So if you think about, sure, that's a lot of people, you know, 10 billion, 8 billion people, that's a lot. But if you go back just one slide, it's a lot less than this in terms of the amount of data. So I feel like we're going to lean, of course, into more artificial intelligence, but we're also going to have to lean a lot more into what I'm calling authentic interactions as a way to create, capture, and convert demand into revenue. So that's what we want to unpack right now. We want to talk about how to use people first go to market which is a business strategy that uses the power of those relationships, those partnerships to create, capture, and convert demand into revenue. It's designed as a way to put you, a person, at the center of every single interaction and experience you might have with a business. So I want to unpack this. Before I do that, and the seven different growth strategies that are part of this model that you can apply, I want to talk about the foundation of it. We we built this in collaboration with our friends inside of our membership club and community called Club PF. And we spent many months thinking about what are the principles of what good go-to-market looks like today. And specifically, people first go to market, the, the kind of the, the evolution of what company first um, needs to become. So I'm not going to go through each of these in, in super detail. We have a ton of content online. Uh, you can visit the website, tacgtm.com to find that. But I want to just highlight them at a high level because they are very important. So number one, this is a mindset shift that we're going to talk about now. It's not just saying, hey, like I want to do people first go to market and I can just take some of these things and apply them to my business. You can, but to have it really stick and have longevity, you need to lean into these six different things. The idea that people are the center of everything you do as a business is that famous quote, 99% of business people, 1% is everything else. So it's about how do you create a collaborative and supportive culture and environment, both internally and externally for your business with the foundation being people. And with that, how are you doing that in a very thoughtful and kind way, showing and demonstrating real empathy while thinking about what makes you as a person and as a brand unique, what's original to yourself? That's a very important thing as as more and more content, more and more automation, more and more artificial intelligence gets put into this world. Leaning into your authentic self is very important. Staying in the moment. We're so distracted, right? We're the we're in the attention economy, whatever you want to call it. You want to show to your audience that you're being present, you're listening, and you're participating with them in these special moments. Think authentic interactions. You, of course, need to be learning always. Nothing's staying the same ever, right? It's kind of been a given for a long time. Um, things are always changing. You can either you know, become part of the change or just let the change happen to you. Um, I like to think that people who follow this idea of people first go to market are really the student and the teacher. And you need to create great experiences. You need to lean into the, the first five and you ultimately want to become memorable. You know, and that's a combination, I think, of all five of these uh, together. Ironically, the acronym does spell people, so it's kind of easy to remember. But this is foundational to how you go to market these days. So what does the model look like? Over the next 15 or so minutes, I'll unpack each of these components. Again, we have a huge amount of resources on TACGTM.com and inside Club PF if you want to go a lot deeper. But the model is made up of seven different growth strategies. It starts with partner-led growth. That surrounds the entire idea of people first go to market. How do you partner with people, brands, customers, communities, all of these different things that we'll talk about on the next slide to create demand, capture demand, and convert demand? But before we talk about those three 
channels, we call those kind of channels when it relates to community member and customer led growth, you first have to have something of value to offer within those channels to those audiences or audience that you're seeking to connect with, to engage with. And that's where content events and products come into play. And I'm sure some of you folks, you can throw it in the chat, have heard of these motions, right? You know, product-led growth, not uncommon. Content-led growth, event-led growth, maybe a little bit newer. Community-led growth, been all the rage, right, since uh, the pandemic. Um, but my point is, when it comes to what are you offering to your audience, you need to think about content, events, and products as ways to build trust. And then you need to figure out how do you take that idea of partnership and those relationships and use them to create the conversation, the engagement within the communities the, the unowned, the places that your company, your brand um, is, is participating in or should be participating in to create engagement, to ultimately, ultimately, yeah, create leads. But then how do you turn that engagement within that, that community kind of strategy emotion into something deeper, more meaningful, and turn them into members of maybe your own community? become a member of the brand and pull them in using content, using your brand events, using your free products. And then how do you take the people that become members, turn them into customers and take customers so they become super advocates, help you spin this flywheel uh, and partner with them to create more content, to feature them at events, to share the examples of how they are using your product. So I'm gonna unpack each thing right now uh, and try to highlight one example. So partner-led growth. Uh, each slide you'll see will follow the same format, the metrics on the top, right? The tenets and the components. So partner-led growth. A lot of people think partner-led growth, it's a sales thing. It's not a sales thing. It's partially that. If you actually look at what how we define partner-led growth and what I've seen it to be at HubSpot, Drift, Aramid, and now Attack, it's about collaboration. It's about alignment of belief. It's always about how do you make sure that, yeah, you're going after the same or the, the, the right audience together. If you're going after two different audiences, it's not going to work that well. Uh, but it's this idea of doing it together. And this is going to be a major catalyst to creating a small or big ecosystem around your brand. And depending on if you're trying to reach people or at the top of the funnel, if you're trying to generate pipeline or turn pipeline referrals into revenue or retain revenue, you're going to use one or more of these different components that make a partner-led growth. Things like influencers and creators, partnering with developers to build products or integrate products, partnering with other salespeople outside your company to do co-selling, service providers to do service delivery. You get the idea. Partner-led growth, though, is more than just this idea of um, co-selling. It's, it's co-marketing, co-selling, co-servicing, co-influencing, if you will. And a great company that's done this, who just recently went public, congratulations to everyone at Clavio. They generate a tremendous amount of their revenue through a very strategic partnership with Shopify. And they do this in many different ways across all facets of their go-to-market. So I think Clavio, just at a very enterprise level, is a great example. There are examples within my hometown, though, of, of small businesses using a partner-led growth motion to pull in a bigger audience. I have a fishmonger down the road from me, and he does small events throughout the year with other local businesses to bring together an audience, ultimately to hopefully get that those people, those audiences, to buy things at these events. Uh, but that is, in my opinion, a form of partner-led growth. People first go to market. So let's talk about now the channels that we want to unpack first. So community-led growth, like I was saying, is the tip of the spear. It's about how do you increase 
the amount of engagement, the followership, the leads. And to me, a lot of people think community-led growth is, is something different. I view it as, the, like I said, the tip of the spear when it comes to creating demand. It's about influence, trust, 100% about people. It's about being helpful. I think this event is a good example of using an event-led growth offer. This is an event, an online event. Kudos right, to the Demand Gen Summit team. And they've done it in a way where they're engaging the community. People are listening live on LinkedIn right now. There's conversations going on in other places about this event that I've seen. This event has acted as a catalyst to help them create engagement, followership, and leads for their company. Great example. And you can see all the components of it, right? Um, and there's more to this as well that, that I probably haven't fully listed on here, but it's about creating those conversations and connections. And another good example of this is Lavender. If you haven't checked out lavender.ai, they're tremendous at partnering with real people inside and outside their business to create unique stories and points of view and to teach people about things that are yeah related to their brand, their solution, their product, right? Pulling that red thread through to the ultimate goal, which is revenue. But they've done such a good job of creating authentic interactions and experiences within all of these different places where community can take shape. Community-led growth is not about having your own community, your own community. No, it's about creating engagement in all the places that community-type uh, activities can thrive. Member-led growth, though, is about creating your own community. It's about saying, look, we have all this content. Uh, we can offer all these other maybe benefits to people. Why don't we, instead of having a resource center on our website, create something like Drift Insider or HubSpot Academy or, or use something as a way to galvanize the attention and the engagement into something bigger? And that is member-led growth. You can see the tenets. There's a lot of different things. Um, one of the biggest ones is first-party data. People like are clamoring for more first-party data, intent intent signals, intent-based attribution, intent qualified leads, some things that I'm thinking about right now. And I think member-led growth is a great way to do this. Um, it's about pulling people in who believe and using content, using learning, using programs, using perks to really create that deeper relationship with them to ultimately turn them into revenue. Yes, that's the goal. Pipeline, both new and expansion pipeline, but it's about creating that real special relationship with them. Um, I, I got to use HubSpot, an example that I was fortunate enough to build and be part of with HubSpot Academy. They also do this in a few other ways now. HubSpot Academy is you know, one of the, the primary doors into kind of the HubSpot ecosystem for a lot of people. Um, but of course, they have a very strong product-led growth motion as well. Um, but they're, they're really trying to galvanize, like I was saying, all of this attention into the HubSpot ecosystem. And they're doing it through a lot of great education and content. Um, and, and they're hopefully changing literally people's lives because they're helping people like learn about marketing sales and customer success uh, in a way that really matters, which leads me to the third channel that makes up the people first go to market model, customer led growth. So you're creating demand with community led, you're capturing that demand and that data uh, in a more rich way through membership and, and having those people become a member of your brand. And now it's like, Hey, how do I turn customers um, into something more than just like, a lot of value for them. Like, Hey, we're delivering value. That's great. They're going to renew hopefully, but how do I turn this into something bigger and better for them and for us as a business? Well, it's about think about how you partner with your customers and it's about how you invest in actual customer success. Uh, this is definitely the tenet of reciprocity. Um, it's about deep education. I mean, I don't think you're going to win a lot, uh, a lot here if you don't really spend the time to 
deliver value in ways that are outside your product. And that's one of the key facets for me for customer life growth, delivering value outside of your product. That's super important. Um, you can see the components. I'm not going to go through all of them for the sake of time, but there's a lot of things you can do to create a customer first, customer-led growth mindset. I think Gong does a tremendous example of this. If you go to their website, at least when, when I last looked at it, it was a few weeks ago, they have a whole section dedicated to their customers. Content, events, education, training. I mean, Gong is leaning into customer-led growth. They used the data for a while for a while as teaching tools to teach other people. Like out of all the Gong customers, we see these trends and this data and these insights from it. It's, it's just tremendous. So now switching to the last three, the offers that you need to create to build trust and deploy into those three channels, the channels being, again, community-led, member-led, and customer-led, it starts with content. This is a new version of content marketing, in my opinion. Um, and I'm actually going to do a post soon on LinkedIn about how content marketers should become content-led growth marketers or content growth marketers because... Content is more than just pre-sale. It's also post-sale these days. And it's more than just content. It's, it's media, it's education, it's stories, it's your strategic narrative. It's about delivering value in ways that are truly outside your product. And AI is going to help build some of this content. It is not going to do what, what it takes to create real value though with content. You're going to need to put that human element big time into your content strategy. And uh, this is all about how to deploy content uh, within those three different channels. Databox, big shout out to the Databox team. Pete, the CEO, I worked with him at HubSpot. He, they do a tremendous job using a partner-led growth motion to power their content-led growth strategy. It, it is so good. Go to their blog. Almost all of their blog articles are written from the point of view of someone else, a partner. And sure, they've, they've done it in a way to curate the right keyword for that blog article, but they have a strategy like almost unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, so Databox is the, the company to check out when it comes to content-led growth and partner-led growth. And now they're doing a really good job at community-led growth as well. Event-led growth, uh, one of my favorites. I, I talked a lot about this when I was at Airmeet. I guess you could say I coined the term event-led growth. Events are a rich, and actually I need to add this to this slide, um, a rich, um, uh, they have a lot of richness when it comes to data, first, first party data, especially that's a tenant of event led growth. And by the way, that's the tenant of content led, event led and product led. Like we talk, we'll talk about in a minute. It's all about how do you create authentic experiences and interactions that get people to participate, that get people to connect, that get to, that get people to feel something. Um, and you can see all the different types of events you can do on the right hand side. They all should be in service long-term from a revenue standpoint. Some, more immediate revenue than others depends on where the event is lined up in the customer journey and the audience that the event is tailored to. The fact remains, you're, you're going to want to use events. And I think more and more companies these days should think about using events, especially online events as the starting off point, and then use the content from those events and the partnerships you can do as it relates to hosting a, a webinar together, hosting an online event. I mean, again, kudos to the demand gen summit team. This is an event-led growth strategy with partner-led growth infused into it. I mean, I don't even know how many speakers are speaking at this, but they, they've partnered with tons of people like myself to create all this uh, content, which they can use, right? It's content-led growth at the end of the day, and they can use that to power those channels we talked about, community, membership, and customer. 
Salesforce is probably the all-time great SaaS company to do event-led growth. I mean, they're at, they're at a stage in, of execution unlike almost anyone. I think HubSpot's getting up there now too. Um, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of events, micro-events are their flagship events, uh, branded events. Um, they've done a great job. So I mean, if you want to learn about uh, events, definitely check out event-led growth online. Um, but Salesforce is one example to, to learn from. And then lastly, product-led growth. Product-led growth isn't for everyone. Um, but if you can, if you could do it, I would definitely look into doing it. And by the way, there's a lot of flavors of product-led growth now, right? Um, on one end, you have, uh, you know, you could say, well, maybe this isn't product-led growth, but you could argue it is. Uh, ungated product demos with tools like Novatic. I don't know. I mean, is that product-led growth? You can't exactly use it, so I think that might be a stretch. If it's really product-led growth, I would probably call it a stretch, but. You know, it's it's showing people the product before they buy it, and you're not going to sales to have to request a demo. Like, no, 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 that's insane. Let me just see it and let me experience it, and then if I really want to learn more, like, yeah, let me talk to someone maybe, or in this case, let me buy it on my own, touchlessly. And that's the purest essence of product-led growth, right? Touchless transactions that happen that lead to activation, lead to retention, and ultimately, you know, with companies like on the next slide, uh, Notion lead to a lot of upgrade through team usage, rollout across different uh, parts of the organization, or maybe it's more uh, usage-based, right? They're, they're saying, wait a minute, uh, the more I use it, the more I need to, to buy because I'm seeing more value, right? That fourth bullet point on the tenets part of this slide. Um, there's a lot of components to it. I don't have time to dive into to all of them, just like I don't have time to dive into all of these other ones. But the good news is we're building a whole course about people first go to market inside a club PF that's launching at the beginning of the new year. So you'll have a whole course about all these different things. Um, but at the end of the day, product led growth is something that um, if you align, you know, your product strategy with your audience and the value you can deliver together, almost that Venn diagram product led growth could be something really special for your organization. And like I said, notion, there's countless other examples of this um, that have done product led growth pretty well. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're, you might be feeling like, whoa, like that's a lot. Like it's, it's a lot there. And, and right. And your business is always feeling like this too, right? The road is never straight. It's always winding. But I think if you focus on one thing in particular, which is the people, right? Like focus on the audience in your story. Um, who does that story resonate with? Who does your point of view resonate with? And pick one type of offer, content, events, or products, pick one channel to start with, probably community-led, and just stick to that for six months. And you'll be amazed at what you find. Uh, if you just focus and keep the guardrails going down the side of the road, um, you'll find that, you know, first off, people first go to market isn't that hard. It's probably more enjoyable than the old way, which is more of a company-first mindset. Um, and if you want more information about how to do this, check out um, the workbook we have, you can see the link on your screen, tacgtm.com is where you can get it. And again, join club PF. If you want to really become a master of this whole new approach and learn some of the most in-demand skills of today. Um, so that's all I have for you folks today. I really appreciate you paying attention. Hopefully you learned a few things and hopefully you learned how to connect some of these different concepts and ideas that you've heard out there in, in the past, say, 12, 24, maybe 36 months and start to bring them together in a cohesive approach and model. That was our goal. And uh, yeah, don't forget, like people are everything and and don't let that um, don't let that change and, and make sure you're 
always thinking about how you can put people at the center of those um, experiences as you uh, move into next year. We hope you have enjoyed delving into the intricate world of demand generation and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai so you never miss an opportunity to explore the latest breakthroughs and insights. A special thank you to our dedicated teams for making this episode possible. Your passion for uncovering the innovative realities of demand generation is what fuels this podcast. And lastly, but certainly not least, a big thanks to you, our listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.